theme song. Oops. In three, two, one. All right, we're going to redo that. Theme song in three, two, one. And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premier podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. We got an interview today. Jenny Zagrino. God, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I've been saying it in my head for the past uh, uh, what, uh, uh, two weeks I've had this thing. Or a week and a half. Yeah, a week and a half. Uh, actually, week. Today's Monday. I forgot what day I did this. <laughs> It was recorded a week ago. I forgot that uh, how to pronounce the name. What was I doing? What was the bit? Anyway, Jenny Zagrino has a new comedy album coming out called Gen Z. Now, the special is already out. The special you can go ahead, check out on YouTube.com. Just look up Jen, J-E-N hyphen Z. Uh, you can watch it uh, on the uh, Comedy Central. Oh, Jesus, this is what happens when you click things. You can watch it on the uh, uh, Comedy Central um, stand-up YouTube page. Uh, it's, but now you can also, April 14th, check out the audio version. That is, that'll be out. And the traditional form in the ways that you can listen to it. Spotify, I assume. Uh, Apple Music. YouTube Music. Wherever you listen to your your comedy specials in audio form, you can buy it via now. Via now, you can buy it now, pre-order style from Blonde Medicine. This is the uh, second album I believe that Jenny has done. It was recorded at Brooklyn's Little Field during the New York Comedy Festival. She talks about everything, mostly boomers and Gen Z kids. Boomer old people, Gen Z kids. She's uh, in her mid thirties, and she's a uh, funny comedian. She's also Russian, is what I learned from the uh, the special. Watch it; she explains it. Her dad's a conspiracy theorist, and she has a lot of advice for uh, Gen Z children. In her from her millennial self. Like I said, the uh, YouTube ver- you can excuse me the video version is available on YouTube right now via Comedy Central. April fourteenth, you can find the album comedy album everywhere that it is streamed or sold via Blonde Medicine. Check it out. This is a great conversation, and uh, we don't talk a lot about comedy, <laughs> uh, but you know what. We have a great conversation. Gen Z. Okay. I'm going to throw to that conversation now. I'm just, I'm breaking down the things. <laughs> oh, hold on. If you want to follow uh, Jen online, you can do so at the following uh, places. You can follow her on Instagram at Jenny Zagrino. You can follow her on Twitter at Jenny Zagrino. And I'm going to pretend that Facebook, you can follow her there. The same thing, comedian. Jenny Zagrino. Check her out on all those places. Okay, you can follow us 
Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at C Plus Comedy. Follow me on all those places at Chad Black White. Tell your friends about this thing because it continues to happen. Okay, now we throw it to the thing. Goodbye. <laughs>
seen as like a, a something like an, I don't want to say sexual object because there's definitely more, but a sex symbol. We'll say that right. um, that you know there are there's so much diversity in what people like and the stuff that's out there. So it was kind of nice to be like, oh, I can like actually like have a sustained career like feeling sexy and having people be like yeah you are sexy and validate my sexiness which is the whole reason to do it is for validation yeah i get it i um i started a a, a linkedin podcast it's very stupid but uh, i'm trying i'm trying to become the best linked influencer as i call it and uh yeah. in the last episode i started a, a little b story where i made an only fans and uh, and I and I built the OnlyFans right there in the middle of podcast. It's also a video podcast, and uh, and so now I like I'm doing it as a joke. But I mean, I might I might do it. I just I might as well just put up uh, shirtless pics of myself because I feel you know. You know that's the thing though is OnlyFans isn't just for that stuff. It can also just be you playing video games and people watching you play video games, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like they just take a lot of money. Like they take twenty percent versus a Patreon, which takes like five to seven, I think. Yeah. There's other things you can do if you don't want to. It's just, yeah, it is like they let people do more. And so I could have a Patreon and just charge people five bucks a month for like some salacious photos, but I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think, uh, I think Patreon in California takes a little bit more than the typical amount of percentage, but I mean, that's neither here nor there, but I like, look, like I said, all for everybody making their money, just go ahead and do it. Except for TikTokers. I don't think that they're legitimate business people. <laughs> I think some of them are, I feel bad that I never got on. I didn't really like blow up during the pandemic when I could have, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I just didn't put in the effort and I should have put in more effort into that. It's like as comedians, when I first started out, people were shitting on YouTube people and then they all blew up. You know, and then they're like, they're, they are the new celebrity. Like, I don't know most of them, but if you're in the internet culture world, like, you know, Mr. Beast, you know, um, that's it. That's who name, I, name, I was going to say, name one more, <laughs> name one more. Please. I don't know anymore. Um, <laughs> but you know them and like, you know, and, and I think that like starting stand up is there was so much of it was like, um, uh, comedians shitting on it and being like it's not real but it's like it's so legit and tiktok's legit it's gonna be gone soon but like it's yeah. legit right you know yeah it's uh i mean you know we're we're both in our 30s and it's uh it's it's insane to see you know how hbo and comedy central were the only bastions for stand-up and then at mm -hmm. some point Netflix released a stand-up special every Tuesday for a year straight. And then after that, now there's, there's stand-up specials everywhere from YouTube to, to, you know, broadcast and cable and streaming. And uh, it's, I do think that it it's, it's hard to keep up, you know, congrats to all the people that can keep up, but there's so many different sectors of fandom and entertainment that it, it just, mm -hmm. it's, it, it'll take more effort than it should to 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 stay uh, on top of everything and i think that yeah. i mean truth be told i think if you just uh, keep uploading your instagram videos for instance 
to TikTok, that's that's the same stuff. You know, that's the same stuff that's already excelling on TikTok. Yeah. Versus, uh, somebody who has to cut a video for TikTok, cut a video for Instagram, cut a, a video for YouTube, yeah. and Facebook, and everything. It's uh, it's it's small wonders out there. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it can all kind of like you know you stagger stuff, and it is. I'm trying to hire an assistant now because it's just so much of your work as a comedian now is admin and like posting and that stuff. The the creative process gets lost in it a lot. So yeah. that's like my next step is like okay. I'm going to set aside, you know, five hours a week to some assistant to do all my admin. Cause I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a, I think that's a viable position for any comedian that has a decent following. Uh, yeah. so, so this is your second album, but your first special, correct? No. So it's my first hour. So I did the half hours of comedy central in 2017 um, and then I've done like the little satellite shows and like little 10 minute videos on YouTube, which have been really fun. And then this is my first hour. So I, that was, that was taped. So I've done, you know, it's my second album. So second hour, but first special taped hour. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, I saw. That's a saw long way to be like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I saw, I saw, I love being proved wrong. I just love it. Um, I saw, I saw the, uh, on Apple music that you have that, that first album is up there, uh, Jay-Z's new album. And, uh, yes. I gotta tell you the naming conventions for, for these are fantastic. Like I, I love, I love a good joke within a name, you know, it's, uh, 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 Chris Rock had bigger and blacker and then David Cross had bigger and blacker -er, and like, and this yeah. one. Jay-Z's new album is just such a it's like if somebody is just cursory, you know, looking for Jay-Z's new album, they'll see that. And then and now you have Gen Z with your name. I just I love it. I love the yeah. play on words. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I um we'll see what the next what the next one, what weird title I'm gonna give the next one. <laughs> uh so you seem you seem very uh, relaxed on stage. Uh, you, you had, you know, there were points when I was watching the special where you just had your hand in your pocket as if, as if you were strolling down the street and picked up the mic and just started talking. Uh, what, how, how long did it take you to find your voice and be comfortable and just be yourself on stage? I think I'm still finding it in certain ways. Um, I think just, I'm just a very conversationalist on stage like I don't I'm not like a one-liner and I'm telling you stories I'm trying to engage you more versus like a character I mean it is an exaggerated sense of self but I think it just you know I've been doing it for I think this is we're coming on my 14th year or 15th year of doing stand-up 2008 what is it this is 15 years uh, eight plus 15 would be 2026, right? No. <laughs> Look, I'm not good at 2018 math. was 10 years. So yeah, 15 years. Okay. So yeah, this is my 15th year of doing stand-up. And I just feel like, you know, you just eventually kind of go into your voice, but then your voice changes too. Like, I'm sure if I get married and have kids it's going to be a whole new set of jokes and a whole new set vibe of like who I am now. You know, I think like lately I feel like my voice has gotten maybe a little angrier, a little more annoyed of just like 
guys, what are we doing? <laughs> you know? Okay. Well, expand, elaborate on that. What's the, what's the guys are we doing? What are we doing? What is that? What is that? I'm like, I'm talking more about political things. I'm talking more about social change. I'm talking more about, you know, pointing out um, hypocrisies. So I feel like my voice has gone from I'm being cute and cheeky and fun to I'm being cute and cheeky and fun, but also what, like, what, the, what are we doing? Come on. We all can see how stupid this is or how like dumb this is, you know? Yeah. Do like do you... uh, working on a new bit about pronouns where it's like when people are like grammar doesn't change. It's like, well, then why are you still using you like thou and thy and they and thine were used forever. And then they're not anymore. So like grammar changes all the time. That's all grammar does is change you know, to reflect societal changes. So you're just being a little, you know, curmudgeon bitch, not letting it change because, you know, politically, that's it. So it's yeah. just like, I like to talk about social stuff at this point. Yeah. And also too, I like to talk about um, embarrassing sex stuff because that's always fun. Social stuff and embarrassing sex stuff. Now, do you think that the, the slow change in societal conventions, do you think that's like... Um, we're at a point of upheaval, especially because we had a president and uh, who basically turned more than half of the country into into uh, people that think they can voice their opinions and be and not like catch any uh, negativity about it, even though they're wrong. Like, do you think that that is something that uh, was a long time coming and and that, you know, uh, uh, comedians in the positions that they are and entertainers, that they can help usher in a new age of acceptance and tolerance and being and talking about it uh, at, at any point? Well, it kind of feels like the loudest voices currently aren't doing that. They're kind of, I feel like keeping us stuck in those positions. So it's like these really big loud voices that could be ushering in really good change, don't want to because what got them there is the status quo, right? Right. So if someone like Joe Rogan starts being more empathetic to trans people or to, um, okay, here's an example. Let's say that Joe Rogan starts looking into the world of like fat phobia, body diversity, um, you know, the idea of like fat acceptance and body positivity, those, those things that are, that were changing and, now we're kind of going away from them. If he accepted those, he would be out of a job because he pushes supplements. He pushes all this idea that like you have to get fit and your body has to look a certain way and you have to take my supplements or else you won't look that way. So it, so a lot of the things that these people, um, you know, that are supposed to be our philosophers of change or whatever, don't want it because it, it just keeps them in power. Yeah. You know, Bill Maher has a specific types of audience. My, my, I'm not watching Bill Maher. You know, people younger than me aren't watching Bill Maher. But if he changes his way, he's going to lose that audience. So, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's like you got to find where the money's coming from. And I think with like Trump and, you know, his followers, is he's just very, he's just tuning into a fear of change that is very that is very strong a fear of change and also he, he's tapping into 
the it's you know it's like we all kind of feel the same thing of like there's not a, like the rich are fucking us we are basically you know uh you know the the we, we're not paid enough we are healthcare is garbage but instead of being like oh it's the people in power that are doing this it is um you know uh the person of color next to you right they're the reason you can't have health insurance or it's the fat person is the reason that your uh, health premiums are so high not because we have a system that oh, rewards you know the insurance companies so it's it's you know i would like to talk about that stuff in my in my material coming up Yeah. as more of an adult of like trying to open people's eyes but you know what do i know i'm just a dick joke slinging bitch No, I mean, uh, but I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because you're allowed to, to talk about anything you want as much as the next comedian. And even though, even though there are audience members and other comedians who say you probably can't talk about that stuff. And it's funny that you mentioned Bill Maher and, and Joe Rogan, because they are like, they are the two loudest voices of this kind of, and, and, you know, I think they would say that they're on our side, but they're doing it in a different way. And it's a, and it's a way that they deem better. Uh, but I, I just, but it, it just doesn't make sense because, you know, you and I think one thing and then they think this other thing and they think it's going to lead Mm-hmm. to the same type of ending where it's like, you know, uh, they lead with pitchforks and knives and, and we're leading with, no, let's, let's talk about this. Let's say, let's hold on guys. Let's not, let's not kill each other first. But I don't think we should talk about it. Do you know, like, I kind of think like the time for us talking about stuff and trying to find common ground. It's crazy when you're trying to find common ground who thinks that you actually shouldn't exist. It's like a, oh, this is great. Um, it's the um, paradox of tolerance where basically how do you tolerate people who don't think that you should exist? How do you how do you give that person understanding and tolerance to their views when their views are in a opposition of you being alive? Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. So it's like, how do you talk to someone who just fundamentally doesn't believe that? Uh, how do I talk to someone about abortion rights as a woman that I should have the right to my own body? Just someone who just believes that the life of the fetus is more important than my own life. You know, there's, I don't think we're going to find a kind, especially because it's usually steeped in religion. So it's like, how, how do I find that common? It's, it's like that we're not going to find the common ground the same way they can't convince me of their shit. Right. Yeah. 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 And it's just like, okay. You know, if it's like one thing to be like someone being like, well, I think that, you know, minimum wage should be this and that it's like, okay, well, we should talk about that. Even though I still, I think that impacts people's lives a lot, but it's like, Yeah, no, the idea that there are people out there who think that um, gay people shouldn't exist and should just stop doing what they're doing, um, you can't talk to them. Yeah. And I think as as sometimes as left people, I'm like, yo, man, we're, you know, we're like trying to, we're bringing our knives to this gunfight and they have so many guns. Oh, They have so many guns. AR-15s, the rest of the ones that I can't name. If if somebody can yeah, name, yeah, this is where this is where Jenny gets on a podcast and goes, "Um, we need to fight in a revolution." Yeah, if uh, if anyone can everyone name more than one type of gun, I, I call the police on them immediately. <laughs> <laughs>
There's the nine mil. Yeah, Saturday Night Special. That's a that's a cute little one. Um, AR fifteen at. Yeah. Hey, you know what? That's that's a that's three, two and a half maybe. Uh, <laughs> did it. Call the police on me. Now these now. <laughs> I I can't. They wouldn't arrest you. Uh, now these. I know. Uh, I'm sorry. Sorry. The, the the last couple of minutes have reminded me. Uh, your special. It, you're like Gen Z. You're talking to uh, these these people that are that are younger than you, uh, that are young that are not in the millennial bracket, but that generation younger. And it feels like the special feels like a love letter to to them, and it's kind of like a teaching moment, just saying, "Hey, these are the things you need to be prepared for uh, when you when mm-hmm. you turn certain ages." Uh, did Did you feel uh, as though you needed to to give them? Uh, this amount of time to to like talk to them and prepare them for the world. I felt like this special was was to talk to all the generations, right? Because we did get such a generational divide, and we were in the pandemic. And there was stuff about Gen Z where I was just like, "Man, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like you. I don't like this part about you." But I also hope the best for you. And there are parts about like boomer culture where I was like. You know, you guys, thank you, but you know, you got us here in some in some ways, you know. And I think I think we are getting maybe out of the woods of like being able to blame boomers because they're all starting to they're in their seventies and eighties. They're starting they're they're starting to go. So then it's like, okay, millennials, what are we doing? What are what are we doing to like make things better? And I think that's next to talk about is what is my generation going to do now? Because I can complain about Gen Z. I can complain about boomers and Gen Xers, but we're the ones that have power now. We're 36. I'm 36. I mean, millennials are 42 and, you know, 42 to 30 at this point. Yeah. It's uh, I, it's, it's so funny because boomers were really organized and and gen z is very organized and then millennials were just in this this purgatory of you know we're we're all split there's different factions uh some voted for bernie sanders some didn't vote some voted for trump some voted for biden it's and it's and it's all just and some even voted for kanye and then you know it's 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 all <laughs> seems very disorganized and as if yeah. like no one can agree on at least just two different paths for us to go down. Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. I think that I, I tried to be more silly in my things about Gen Z. Cause I don't actually hate Gen Z, you know, they're fine. I'm just, you know, this is just what happens when you get older is you just, don't like the next generation below you. I think that they're, you know, I think that the stuff like with AI and et cetera is going to be really dangerous. And I do have that fear of like their, their desire to be famous and be an influencer is really bad, but I'm also an influencer. So, What well, did you, know? you decide like, because I, I I knew from when I was a very young child that I wanted to write. I still have my old uh, comics. I have my first books I wrote when I was, you know, 10 years old. And so I, and, 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 you know, I guess, you know, fame was a part of it, but it was never the end goal. It was just something I can do, make money, yeah. make a living, 
And now I do this where I make no money, but I, I freelance for, <laughs> for, you know, you know, whatever company that wants me to, uh, yeah. is it for, for you, when you started out, when, like, when, when did the dream of doing stand up become it? Like when, when was that? When I was that 12. Start 12. Okay. And, and, and mm -hmm. how did that, and how did that begin? Did you see somebody that you, that you, I just used to like, watch stand up when I was a kid. I used to just watch a lot of it. And I always liked comedy. And I um, put in a book report when I was 12 that I wanted to be a stand up comedian, either that or an archaeologist. Those are my two choices. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I, I just always had wanted to do it. And I didn't know it was really like a job you could have till I was, you know, probably like in my, I don't know, like mid twenties where I was like, Oh, I can actually make money doing this. But I did it when I was 15, stopped, started again when I was 18, stopped and then picked it up again when I was 21 and then never stopped. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. When you're 12, no one wants to know. No one wants to know what a 12 year old wants is actually thinking or a 15 year old. It's gross. And no one wants to hear that. Are you kidding me? I think you and I could produce the very first stand-up special for Nickelodeon. I think that would be so bad. No, I'm I'm not clean at all in any way, shape, or form. At 15, I was definitely not a clean comic at all. <laughs> it was such a struggle. I was like, I want to say this. And my, my teacher at the time was like, you can't. You're 15. Yeah. Like, we don't want to know about that from a 15-year-old. I mean, it's like, I mean, at least you, at least you wanted to like talk about something at 15 versus, you know, I think when, when stand up started or when comedy started, it was kind of like standards, like, uh, like musicians, like you would sing, come fly with me, like 40 different musicians would sing that. And then 40 different yeah. musicians would tell the story. Like my wife and I were going down on a jolly, yeah. jolly drive and you know, it, that, it, so it, yeah. it just wouldn't work. Uh, uh, but at least you had something to say. Yeah, I always felt like I always felt like it was such a good opportunity to actually say stuff. And that's why I think like for me, clean comedy and like one liners just never interested me because it felt such watered down and like not real. And what I loved about the comedians that I always loved were storytellers and like talked about real things. Like I'm trying to think who like I loved when I was younger when I was very young. I really liked comedians who were talking about their lives. Like I remember watching the Sinbad. He would be on Comedy Central all the time. Sinbad, Paula Poundstone. Um, who else did I would I watch all the time? Just like these comedians that were like, they were talking about their lives and their thoughts. And like, you know, it wasn't like, Ellen was Ellen and you know uh Seinfeld were talking about airplanes and Sinbad was talking about getting period uh pads for his mom. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it was just so different, and that's what I always liked about it. That's what I like about the stuff that I do, is I'm like very honest. And some of it's not. Sometimes I just want people to know that like some of the stuff I talk about is not I didn't it didn't actually happen to me. I'm joining together four different things that happened into one story. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. 
That, that's what comedy yeah. is. Yeah. I think, yeah, some people have to take yeah. some some stories uh, as like a grain of salt. Uh, you know, a little, sometimes it can be a little bit more grandiose, yeah. but I, as long as you seem like you have something to say and you have a passion for it, uh, as long as you use that correctly, then I think you're going to be in the, in the clear and, uh, and a, at a great point at yeah. all times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and now I also want to talk about uh, your sets with Corden and Conan. Like you had, it's not often that that uh, that we we see late night stand up anymore. Uh, you were like on Conan. You that's the last show, the last late night show that had stand up regularly, like at least once a week. Mm-hmm. And now you like, yeah. it's, it's so tough because uh, Fallon has it like every couple of what seems like weeks. Corden yeah. has it what seems like every couple of months. Uh, and th- and those are the only two that still have it. It's uh, it must feel you must feel. I'm I'm just imparting my my feelings about that on you. <laughs> uh, how how does that how does that like? Because that for me that that's like a, a bastion long gone. Uh, because that used to be a big part of you know uh, Carson and Letterman and and and, the Re- and Leno and all that. So how does that how did that uh, crossing that threshold in the comedy did that solidify you as as like a comedian of uh, a certain note? so i think like i was on conan a total of four times three were aired the uh the third time they asked me they were testing out the new stage and they were like we just need you to test it and i was like cool i'll come test it um which which was nice and then yeah and then like being on cordon because conan at the time was on cable so cordon is my first network right um credit and it did take a long time to get there. It took like, you know, almost a year. Um, and is it because of yeah, traffic? Yeah, just like because of traffic. It took me a year to drive there. <laughs> it's just like it it feels good. It's just like as a comedian, you get these little milestones that maybe they seem really huge, right? Like getting cordon seems like such a big deal to someone who's not doing it for a comedian. It's like, cool, I did it. Check it off the list. Now we keep going. Right. And I'm like so grateful. It was great. James was really sweet. Um, he actually came and talked to us for a while. And I think too, for me, I have the whole, the whole joke about being fat is not being ugly. Mm-hmm. And especially I think for Jane, I think for me being able to do that in front of, uh, you know, a fellow larger bodied comedian who, you know, has gotten shit for the way they looked. It was kind of it was like really nice it was like yeah man you get this and he got it and he like came and talked to me he's like i i relate to that like that was thank you for doing that kind of vibe um which you know really i was like oh yeah that's why i do this is because someone is going to be like thank you for telling that joke you know it's it was really relatable for me right like thank you for telling the joke about you know um body positivity because you know xyz whatever um so so that was really great and yeah it's just like it's little milestones and then the special the hour special's out and it's great and it's been a week and it's gotten it's been doing well and it's on to the next thing yeah that's what that's what happens that's that's stand-up you can't you can't like relish sit and relish in things for too long because you have to keep moving i think it is uh, stand up yeah. has to be the most uh 
not ADD prone. I don't want to use that, you know, buzz phrase, but it's got to, it, you got to move quick. You know, it's like being a rat. You got to go yeah. from one place to the next. I don't know why I called you a rat, but yeah, you have to move around a lot. And two is you can't like, ugh. like I've had a couple of, I've had like a don't tell clip get like 17 million views and you're like, it's going to change something. And it doesn't normally change things. It just, yeah. it gets you more followers, right. but like stand up feels like one of those things, except for like a select few where you're putting in so much work for so long until you, until it hits, you know, like someone like Bill Burr who has, was a successful comedian before he even hit. Yeah. But it's like, um, yeah, it just like takes time. Yeah. I'm glad you understand that. I'm glad you get it. We, I'm glad yeah. both of us get it. We're doing it. But yeah. And like we, I think you're lucky. I'm lucky. We both knew our calling early on. I feel bad for people who don't. Yeah. You know, people are still like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like my shit was like preordained by God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, there, there was a book that, that somebody opened up the page to and said, comedian, producer. Yeah. You know. That's how it goes. Yeah. Uh, well, Jenny, yeah. I uh, I feel like I've taken up enough of your time. I, I very much appreciate it. Uh, and uh, I just want to say congratulations on Gen Z. I know it's uh, the audio versions out on April 14th, right? April 14th, the album drops through Blonde Medicine. Um, you can follow me on all this stuff. Jenny Zagrino on pretty much everything. TikTok's Jenny Zagrino comedy. Yeah, yeah. And it's an easy last name to find uh yeah because so, it well because it's so different <laughs> like like it's, it's just easy you know you can't like you google chad white and you find you know multiple different men around the country yeah. who are all schlubby and then you get to this guy <laughs> a little less schlubby that's right that's all we're aiming for is a little less schlubby. <laughs> <laughs> well thanks again jenny i appreciate it uh and you have a good rest of your week well thanks so much it was nice talking to you it was nice talking to you too bye, bye.